You're listening to Nightmare on Film Street. The current time is 6.66. Traffic is clear ahead from here to the afterlife. But it's hell outside. For the next hour, you're on Nightmare Time. So, let's give a grave welcome to our hosts, John and Kim. Hello again, fiends, and welcome to Nightmare on Film Street, horror for the casually obsessed. I'm Kim. I'm John. And this week, we are heading back to the summer of 88, and we're checking out some movies that played that summer. Yeah, this episode and the next episode uh, could have just as easily been a double feature at the drive-in. This week in particular, we are talking about The Blob. Uh, You know, we're we're hitting up a classic 1950s atomic-era sci-fi alien horror by way of a late 80s practical effects riddled remake. Yeah, this was a first-time watch for me. I had kind of always just, you know, I knew it existed, but I never watched it. I never kind of gave it the thorough glance because I was like, you know what? I've seen the original Blob. I know what the Blob's about. I understand big pink gelatinous substance. Yeah, trailer was also kind of like, okay, whatever, you know, it might be good, might just be like a standard remake. You don't really hear a lot of people talking about it as like one of the best remakes of all time, but but there are certain people in your life or at least the very there were certain people in my life that have always said like no you gotta fucking check this one out the practical effects are fucking amazing well and honestly what better summer movie than a great big pink gelatinous substance eating a bunch of teenagers trying to have sex in the woods yeah that's You don't really get much better summer drive-in horror than that. Recipe for a good time. But yeah, (laughs) special shout out to uh, Nightmare Film Street contributor Chris Vogel for always telling us to watch this movie. And and, and I'm glad we finally crossed it (laughs) off the watch list. This movie was rad. Uh, Real quick before we get into it. Three good things about The Blob. Are we just going to go ahead and say practical effects is one of them? Absolutely. Okay, if you like The Thing and the practical effects of The Thing. And you were like, I wish this was more Barbie-like. Or oh, just for the color? Yeah. Okay. Well, I think you know, if you, I wish people melted a little more. Then yes, this one's for you. Number two, I'm going to say maximum mullet action. Oh, boy. We are reaching the end of 88. It's kind of like late in mullet season. I, I guess mullets kind of went to like 92. Oh, yeah. Um, Achy Breaky Heart didn't come out until 92. And that's, <laughs> that's a mullet. That's the mullet anthem. Both of our leads in this film, you get a, you get the female mullet and the male mullet. You get short in, short in the front, party in the back, blob all over town, mullet. Shawnee Smith's mullet, though. I, I don't know. I still am on the fence with that mullet. It's a fake mullet. It's a mullet made by extensions in the back. Uh, I think so. Uh... Work in the front, lies in the back. <laughs> Number three, government scientists showing up in biohazard suits just ready to fucking kill kids. That's always a good vibe, right? This film in general was ready to kill kids, and I commend it for that. That's my point three. <laughs> There's a there's a ton of great shit in this movie. Like point three could be any number of little little details. We got somebody riding a motorcycle in the sewer. We got a fu- okay. Don't don't spoil the whole episode. We got to have some meat and bones for the second half of this thing. Okay. Well, the point is, I don't think we I don't think anybody listening really needs to look past point one. The special effects, the, especially the practical effects in this movie, are incredible. Yes, and they are not sparing. Holy shit! Was I surprised how many wonderful 
blob-consuming scenes we were presented with. All right, we're gonna we're gonna toss the trailer when we get back. We're talking about the blob. <laughs> If it had a mind, you could reason with it. If it had a body, you could shoot it. If it had a heart, you could kill it. Now, man is no longer the supreme being on this planet. The organism is growing at a geometric rate. By all accounts, it's at least a thousand times its original mass. Nobody believes me about what happened tonight. What did happen? You were there, you saw. Plasmic life form that hunts its prey. Predator. I want that organism alive. I think you ticked it off. No shape. 1988's The Blob, directed by Chuck Russell, is currently sitting at a 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 63% on Rotten Tomatoes, and a 3.6 out of 5 on Letterboxd. See, in the same way that I was hesitant about ever watching this, I wasn't sure how a kitschless blob would work. The 1950, is it 1959? I think it would be 58. I don't have that info in front of me. I don't know. <laughs> yes, it's 1958. Okay, so the late 50s blob, it had such a darling nostalgic quality about it. You know, the diner, the convertible, the movie theater. It's more of a time capsule than anything of a horror film. Uh-huh. And I was concerned that an 80s version wouldn't have the same luster because the 80s was known for, you know, being very gory and very gritty and very dark. <laughs> In color. Mm -hmm. Which I think you do get a a good chunk of in this. But I was honestly pleasantly surprised in the same sense that Evil Dead 2013 works really great with uh, the original Evil Dead because they're so tonally different. I think going for a super gory, very um, bleak version while still retaining, you know, the pinkness of the blob and we're still going to the movie theater and we still have a bit of a convertible scene. Mm-hmm. So there, we're still honoring uh, the roots of the blob, but we're getting a new interpretation. Well, I I think you still get some kitsch by putting it in small town America, you know, like the kind of place where it the city looks like a ghost town because everybody's at the football game. It kind of seems to like live and die by tourist dollars the same way Amity does in Jaws. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're all just like holding hope that they're going to make a ton of cash come ski season. Isn't, isn't this like the, the sort of back lot small town of it all kitschy enough for you? Yeah, I guess that's kitschy. Uh- uh, and going to Lover's Lane for a makeout, kitschy enough. Come on. Yes, no, I'm saying it is kitschy. There's nods to the kitschy, but 
it is super, super, I don't want to say gory because it's not necessarily gory, but it's very, uh, I'll say it's gory. I was going to say, I'm going to go ahead and say it's gory. It's, I'm going to wait for you to politely finish your sentence, but I'll jump in here. It's not viscerally gory, but it is very wonderfully grotesque. And it doesn't wait to get there. No. As soon as the blob shows up, it starts eating people from the inside out. It latches onto a guy's hand, uh, which is like such small subtle uh, awesome practical stuff where it's it's just a teeny little baby blob and he tries to shake it off a stick and it just launches up the stick onto his hand and it doesn't let go there's a scene where he tries to cut his own fucking hand off with a hatchet and the blob just like moves up to basically I guess like fix it or cauterize it, it? <laughs> yeah with its blobbiness <laughs> cause yeah it's very acidic in this one you get that impression in the 1958 one but in this one you actually actually see like when it's skulking around and hiding on the ceiling wait ready to like it drops on like, somebody blob drool <laughs> yeah and, and the blob drool like alien from 1979 uh, is like burning through the table like just touching it, it's gonna start melting your fucking skin off it's great yeah this this blob as like non-threatening as it looks with its like pink and no sharp edges nature yeah the fact that you you know that you can't get anywhere near it, like the second it touches you, you're done, mm-hmm. is terrifying because it's got that same threat of like a zombie. Like they walk really slow and you're not necessarily totally scared of them. But like if they if they so much as like bite the tip of your finger, mm-hmm. you're done. Yeah. It's over for you. Do you think because in this movie that we reveal at the end. Spoilers, I guess, for a fucking forty-year-old <laughs> movie um, that's based on an eighty-year-old, exactly, sixty-year-old movie. Seventy? Yeah. Um, I don't. We know. find out at the end that this is. <laughs> there's no proof behind this, but we, but Kevin Dillon declares without much rebuttal from the government guys that this is a man-made weapon that they lost control of. They did. Did you fall asleep in the middle? <laughs> No. Because they fully had a conversation that he overheard by hiding in the bushes where they were like, oh, we did this. Oh, that's that and conversation they, with Bill Mosley, right? When they pulled, I didn't even know it was Bill Mosley. You said that when he came up in the credits and I was like, I don't fucking remember that. But they pulled out the meteorite and at the bottom of it was metal and it had an American flag sticker. Right. My mistake. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so it's man-made. Do you think the color, this is, what, this is all I'm getting at here. Do you think the color is intentional? <laughs> like, I do think, you think that it's an inviting pink so people won't be afraid of it? I like to think that it chose its own color. The blob did? Yeah. Interesting. So it's not even just a matter of, like, blood mixed with gel, like, clear gel makes pink. It's it's just that it's like, you know what? I'm feeling pink today. Honestly, maybe it's just that it's, like, a very inorganic color. And right. it's, there's something kind of contradictory about it. Like, it's this alien material that's that looks like it might be organic but the fact that it is not a color that you would kind of naturally see like a living creature have Mm -hmm. that it sets up that fight or flight about it you know what i mean like there's something inviting and both foreboding yeah because it's not not counting flowers because flowers pretty much only come in pink (laughs) yeah but i'm talking about creatures like name a pink creature a flamingo. Okay, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, a baby anything. <laughs> that was going to be my answer. Fuck. We all know flamingos are foreboding. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing that I would really like to give the movie credit for is uh, just killing anybody at any time. Okay, that's my favorite thing about the movie because we start the film and we're following 
the football player. His name is Paul. He wants to go out with the head cheerleader, played by Shawnee Smith, who is in the second Saw film and then a few others after that. I'm pretty sure she's also in the first Saw film. I think she's the girl she the wearing first... the bear trap. I thought the bear trap was in the second one. No, it's the bear trap's in all of them. It's <laughs> like she's, true. She's wearing the bear trap in the first but one. But then she's got a bigger role in the second she one. She gets dropped back into the house in the second one. She's also in the third one. And I think she's also in the fifth one. And I think okay. she's also in the sixth one. She's the... She's second billing to Jigsaw. <laughs> yes, pretty much. But either way, so we've, we're actually following a football player and his bud, who we'll get to because he has a great death. Mm-hmm. He's the one that goes with her to, you know, they, they accidentally run into the homeless man who had the blob hand and they take him to the hospital and one, two, skip a few. He gets eaten by the blob in like the first 10 minutes and he's our lead. Yeah, that was a great moment. What a surprise! And because you expect him, he has the the Steve McQueen qualities, right? Like the oh gosh, jolly golly gee, you know, we're just like some young American kids out here just trying to help and oh, and it's raise our first alarm. date. <laughs> yeah, it's a great little it's a great little twist if you expect uh, him to be the lead. You know, now that we're watching this in 2023, and we all know that Kevin Dillon went on to have a career, we're pretty certain that he's going to make it out and t- you know close to the end, if not all the way through. So it's not really a huge surprise when he's not one of the first to go, even though he's the bad boy in town. But he's got a good heart. Yeah, because he's he wants to, he's just misunderstood. He hasn't been given a chance. His mom's an alcoholic, and everybody spits on him, especially the cops. Um. Anyway, what am, what am I getting at? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The point is, like, our 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 prototypical lead for a movie like this movie. Uh, for a movie like this dies very early on and it's some of the best stuff in the entire movie. Oh, and it's so good. Like, there is no restraint on, um, you know, the monster's not lurking in the shadows right away. It's not this, like, tiny little scary thing that doesn't do a whole lot for the first 20 minutes. When we cut back after we know the blob is in the room with Paul, it's the scene where, like, it's dropping, like, it's acidy goob and it's on the ceiling. But when we cut back, it has completely engulfed him like he's being pressed against this translucent gooey screen and his form is kind of inside it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but it's so distorted and fucking haunting. Yeah, he this stretches is... his mouth open. It's so good. Yeah, I mean, it was probably like hella gross for the actor <laughs> to just have like this heavy, wet, gooey, pink thing Honestly, I think it was a puppet at that point. You think so? Yeah, because it's got this like unhuman look to it. Uh, at first it does look like a dude, but but once they start to melt, obviously, you know, you, you don't really have a human being in there, but you could be right. I mean, like, there are some really great puppets in this, but yeah, he's, he's getting swallowed up and melted down like that girl in creep show too uh i mean realistic you were the one who, who kind of like was talking about this while we were watching the movie about how the blob is probably cousins with the monster from creep show too mm-hmm. like one's black one's one of pink. the land one of the sea <laughs> yes <laughs> and they both like to eat rapey boys which we'll, that is very true which we'll touch on the best part about that though is we don't necessarily fully know the rules of the blob we know it eats people but uh shawnee Meg, played by Shawnee Smith, she grabs his arm because she's trying to like pull him out of within the blob and the tendons of his arm separate and his arm falls off and it's just 
so lethal so quick. Yeah, I mean, and unlike anybody else in any other horror movie, she completely passes the fuck out. Like, she just can't handle it. <laughs> my, th- my first thought was like, you should have passed out maybe one room over. <laughs> I don't even know if that's close enough. Because like, like, why didn't the blob eat her? <laughs> it's amazing the blob didn't eat her. I don't get it. Yeah, because we, cu- well, like, we cut to, we're outside, the police are there, you know, the the paramedics are there, they're, ro- they're rolling out the dead corpses. Where's, and it's just the fucked blo- up. Is the blob gone at this point? At this, I, I think maybe it just doesn't have enough of an appetite. Like, it isn't fully unstoppable. It hasn't reached that that point where it's just a gigantic ball picking up everything that it touches. Like, it actually has, uh, like, a like a stomach size to it. And it, 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 she's, I think she was just lucky it got full. I don't know if I believe that. I don't believe it either, but <laughs> <laughs> we need somebody to make it out of there. Uh, I'm just, I'm just surprised that she didn't have somebody, like, yank her out real quick or... Maybe she'd run out of the room screaming a little more. Anyway, while the cops are trying to clean all that up and they've pulled Kevin Dillon in because they're just like, oh, surely the town ruffian's got something to do with these melted folks. (laughs) He definitely did this. I know the teenage girl said it was a pink blob, but I'm pretty sure it was the boy. (laughs) Yeah, he definitely fed them drugs from his motorcycle and they've been hallucinating until they melted. That's what (laughs) happened. He turned them into fucking goo. Um, (laughs) At at, at this point, we go across town and we see uh, Paul's best bud. I don't remember his fucking name. Scott. Scott's a creep. He's just—he's just a real horn dog. And Honestly, I gave him some credit. I was a little worried when he's like, "Let me get you more of your cherry cordial, darling." Yeah, because he's—he's essentially just loading this girl up with booze. But he's got a whole mobile bar in his trunk. <laughs> And it's great. Carpeted. He's got a little mini basketball net. He's got fresh strawberries. I was very impressed. He has a whole tiki bar inside his trunk. His trunk was pimp my ride Yes. But while he's out there mixing drinks, unbeknownst to him, his girlfriend's been hollowed out and eaten up by this pink monster thing. And when he goes into, like, cop a field... Molest. Yes, okay. <laughs> she's definitely passed out. Hard molest. Well, she's dead at this point, but I think she's... Still a molest. She, she, uh... <laughs> she only died because she was asleep so even if the blob wasn't there this inappropriate been bad. but like fucking tentacles pop out her eyeballs and grab them and just it's pretty it's and pretty then they gross make out. it's and then they make out him yeah. and the blob they suck face i think that's probably what happens right uh, doesn't her face get sucked in too yeah, like it just like it society sure almost yeah it honestly is full uh like not looney tunes what's um what's the one with jessica rabbit the Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Yes. You had, you had so much of the title in that question. Yeah, but they, I could remember the most important character. <laughs> yeah, no, she got dipped and... Uh, she did get dipped. Yeah, and then uh, and then it ate him up too. Man, yeah, she, lives, like, she totally looks like Christopher Lloyd at the end of that movie. I love that she's... <laughs> I love that before she passes out and she's just try, trying to push him off and distract him any way she can she's like what's up with all those lights down there stop making the out let's look at the hospital it's clearly police lights he sees it he goes I don't know it must be some sort of promotional thing they're doing <laughs> they're handing out free tonsillectomies loved it fun fun stuff but yeah 10 minutes both the footballers are, are dead and all we've got left are Meg and her new love interest. But well, 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 here's the thing, though. We also are setting up like a whole love interest, like an adult love interest, with the owner Fran, the owner of the the town, small town diner, and the sheriff, who's an actor we all remember from stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 
Shit wrote his name down. He's the brother in Christmas Evil. That's the only thing that's coming to mind right oh, now. Oh, shit! He's in the mist. He's one of the old people that okay. gets killed in the car. So I was going to say, this is a total mist moment because you're like, oh, we're, we've got like the town lead. So we have the waitress, the sheriff, the bad boy in the town. The fucking reverend the who just starts screaming Bible passages as everyone's dying. But honestly, I thought that crew was going to be our final girls. Like we were going to have a core five. Yeah. Not a core four. And <laughs> it's it's brutal because the 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 drain the, the drain's clogged in the restaurant. Best she, death, I think. She's plunging it out, but she's got little weak girly arms. Okay, so, okay. So the cook comes in, he's like, Let me have a let me have a try at this. And the the blob just comes up out of the drain, grabs him by the face, and just pulls him down through the fucking drain. So lovely. It's amazing. It like bends him up into little pieces. He's like, all you can see are like arms and feet sticking up out of the out of the sink while it's stuck in him. And down. his shoe pops off because his foot's like swelling and oh it's so gross. The pipes like, underneath are swelling and exploding with blood and goo. Love it. Yeah, it's it's some classic eighties practical grossness. It's it's awesome. But they, they all split up. Kevin Dillon and, and Shawnee Smith wind up in the freezer where they find out that Bob know, don't like ice. Blob don't like cold and like they're like all of us um and and fran some say we're all a blob <laughs> I, most days i feel like a blob some days i feel cute other days i catch a glimpse <laughs> of myself i'm like uh, <laughs> i'm a little too pink i'm definitely bigger than i everything that i stuff into me just seems to stick around <laughs> <laughs> today isn't a cute day <laughs> Anyway, Fran frantically goes to a, a phone booth where she's calling the cops. She's basically trying to call like her her on again, not on again, off again boyfriend, but like adults trying to make connections. The sheriff in town. They're, they're, she needs police assistance. Yeah, but she's uh, that's true. But I mean, like they they have been flirting, and they were supposed to go on a date tonight. Uh, and like finally, she like as the blob is like crawling over the phone booth, and she finally gets the sheriff department on the phone. Like, oh yeah. Herb, Herb, the, the sheriff, he went down to the diner. And you're like, oh, thank God, he's on his way. He's going to help. And then fucking Herb's face comes floating up in the blob, already half melted and shit. Yeah, and it's so distorted that you don't necessarily fully know who it is until you see the police badge. Yeah. So fucking good. Maybe the best moment of the film because we don't even see him show up. We don't see him get eaten. It's just no. that terrible sinking feeling that she's fucking alone. And then... The glass smashes and the blob just consumes her body. It's an incredible and it shot. It eviscerates like a puppet from bird's eye view and it looks so good. Yeah, it's like it, those videos you see of uh, of like, well, I say videos, I'm sure it's all fake. I'm pulling this from movies where you see like a... A blob consume a woman? Yeah, that or uh, water pressure just destroy a fucking submarine. You ever see that shit? What? <laughs> no? Okay. Just me. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's a great sequence. That was a pull. <laughs> You really think that she's going to make it out the whole time. It's like movie stuff, right? Where you're just like, oh, I wonder how she's going to get out of this. Oh, it's looking really, she's in lots of trouble now. Oh, she's dead. Oh, I thought okay. her and the sheriff were endgame. Yeah, I thought they were going to make it out. Like, we put our backs and to the sea. And make out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they didn't. No. Not even a little bit. Sadly, no. But they're together forever. In the blob. Inside the blob. <laughs> 
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Actually, that was great. Uh, I don't remember which moment in the film it was because there are so many special effects moments. But at one point, the blob is coming for somebody and like a face appears in it. So it's like the things that it eats are still like in there. Yeah, they're not fully digested yet. I love that. That's pretty good. Yeah, one day we'll all become pink goo. Kind of reminds me of uh, a movie we covered not totally too long ago, but they have a similar like evil comes to a small town vibe. Uh, Phantoms. Oh, yeah. But the thing can't eat metal, so it, like, leaves, you know, like, people's implants and their pacemakers and, like, the pins in their knees. Yeah. Uh, But the blob can. They just stay inside because it takes Scott, the footballer's ring that he gave his girlfriend, and we see it floating away on the blob. Love it. Great little details. Oh, man. What a fucking cool-ass movie. Yeah, no one's safe. And the the reverend, I'll I'll say this. I... Am on record of just never enjoying the, the the either the religious zealot or the reverend that's gone crazy in like moments like this. We're like, it's the end times, and God said unto thee, the seventh seal has I been unbroken. I definitely predicted this. But he, this in pink this, blob in particular, he in this movie is actually very good because he starts out just like your your regular old big smile. Haven't seen you in church in a long time, Paul. How you doing there, buddy? These condoms for you, you know. God gets real sad every time you have premarital sex, kind of guy. But he becomes real fire and brimstone. Do you think they matter about premarital sex or sex that's not for the sake of procreating? Which What's one worse? are they matter about? I mean, probably. Probably the the sex that's not for procreating. I think that's why they're mad about the premarital sex because I think the un- the understanding is that it's mostly gonna be for it's procreating. all sins. It's all sins. Yeah, they just they, everything's a sin. Come on, you 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 ate uh, you ate anything other than fish on Friday? Sin. Is that true? <laughs> that's some people are crazy about that. Yeah, like you have fish on Fridays because you're not supposed to have red meat or something like that. Because that's why fish fillet day is always on Friday. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> like even McDonald's has got the church behind them. Oh wow! Actually, there's um, there's something in in I think it's Orthodox Jewish faith where you're not allowed to like operate any machinery, and um, on the Sabbath, yeah, yeah, and or it's like a you're spe- not supposed to do anything. Yeah, like is it a s- unless you're a wife? <laughs> somebody's got somebody's. Damn it, John! Dinner. Let me just say my thing. So the, at the hospital I used to go to, there was an elevator that was like the Sabbath elevator. Yes, and it automatically stops on every single floor. And if you fucked up and you got on that elevator and you had to go to the eleventh floor, it would take a real long time. Yeah, there's little weird things about that too. Like, uh, shit, am I just pulling this from the Big Lebowski? Like, there's a whole scene in there where Jack, where John Goodman's explaining it. But I think the idea is like, if the phone rings, you're not 
not supposed to answer it. You're like you're not supposed to lift anything. So <laughs> if you think it's an emergency, you're supposed to like knock it with your elbow and then just li- like put your ear. I'm to not it gonna talk on this up. phone, but I'm just gonna do some push-ups right here on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, it's it's a thing that I don't quite understand, so don't take me as an authority on it. For, that's for damn sure. I do like the filet fish Friday thing. That was a real that was a real good tidbit I learned today. Yeah, it, that's just that's just old timey religion thing. Um, but yeah, there was there was a period where I was what about chicken nuggets renovating? It, I think it's just fish on Fridays, man. That's oh, all, it, what about the rib witch? <laughs> the rib witch is a sin. <laughs> <laughs> The priest in this is weird, though, which is all I was trying to get at before the big, long detour that Kim had took us on. That was not my detour. And he, as soon as he sees the blob, because he's he's like, oh, my God, what's going on here? He very narrowly, very narrowly <laughs> escapes getting eaten by that the blob. That almost sounded like venereally. <laughs> the blob just decides to go down Actually, I would argue, I, I could write an essay on whether the blob is an STI or not. Sexually transmitted. I know what it stands for. Infarction. Go ahead. Go ahead and do it. Let me just continue what I'm saying here. I was just making a point based on your venereally misspeaking. Okay. Uh, so the end of the movie, like the last little. Okay. So I mean, surprise, surprise. The blob eats a whole ton of people. Every single one of them's fucking great. Just like the blob going into into scientists' suits and eating them from the inside. Blobs going down the fucking sewers, eating children, melting them away. Comes into the movie theater. Come, of course, it comes into the movie Has theater. It's to gotta come into kills the Kills the projectionist, movie but the projectionist uses a yo-yo, and the guy finds him because the he's still yo-yoing even though he's being eaten on the from ceiling. From the ceiling, he's like. Oh, fuck. Loved it. I'm just trying to walk the dog. <laughs> I'm going around the world, baby. One last time. He's really into yo-yoing. Yeah, no, you need classic. You gotta have you gotta have the blob tearing it up at a movie theater. Uh, one of the most iconic shots of of cinema history, not even horror. Uh, everybody running out of the movie theater from the 1958 blob. Also which, appreciated the movie within a movie. Yes, we have to just we do go that to like a, a Friday nod. the 13th slasher ripoff, and it's yeah. teens making out in the woods. At, f- so good for a hot minute. You think that's part of the blob. You're like, wow, another teen to be eaten. Yeah, another makeout teen to be eaten. But like, nah, just the hedge trimmer. Was it the gardener? Like the evil gardener who also wears a hockey mask. Killing people with hedge trimmers and uh, other assorted yard tools. I think he had a chainsaw. All, all that's to say, like, of course, everybody like holds up in a building. They're all fighting the the blob. They 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 learn the fire extinguishers are cold. They use a snow machine to freeze it and turn it into fucking crystals. And then we don't really see them clean it up, but they 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 say that they're gonna put it in the ice house, which is for like, safekeeping. That sounds infallible. It, I mean, the end of the first blob from the original blob, nineteen fifty eight. They just like put it in a crate and ship it off to the North Pole, and then it ends with a question mark, like <laughs> the end, or is it? Uh, it wasn't. <laughs> um, we had further films. But in this one... What if the power goes out? I don't know how the ice house works. I'm not going to answer those questions. <laughs> You're not the authority on ice houses? My, my guess is they're they're only keeping it in the ice house for now until the fucking government takes it away. Like, mm. I think somebody's got to come clean it. use it for modern warfare. That is the pro- they're like, wow, this thing sucks. It really wiped us out. Guess we better send it off to behind the Berlin Wall. Like, the, the Cold War was still raging on at this point. That's probably what they would have used it for. 
the end end of the movie we see the reverend he's moved away from town he's now in the middle of the south somewhere and just sort of like a revival tent church fire and brimstone preaching talking about the end and he's times. all like burnt and scarred at this point yeah because the blob has gotten him a little bit yeah uh and and of course people are like when's the end time coming reverend when's it gonna happen and he's like oh i don't know but it's coming soon whenever the lord gives me a sign and he holds up the jar and he's still got those little frozen pieces of the blob they're defrosted now and they can't grow because they don't have anything to eat but they're sitting there ready waiting for him to just like destroy the fucking world i would not trust that dude it's a great little ending though no, right? it's lovely to have a fire and brimstone preacher just like with the power to kill the earth in his hands i love it well and it also kind of scares you the fact that the entire blob that was frozen into crystals is definitely easily revivable. Yeah, that's that's one of the great things about this monster is that it's unkillable. Like we talk about the xenomorph being unkillable just because like you can't get close to it. You can definitely kill it, but it's it's a liability. You got to get a predator, and then once you have the predator, you got to get a bigger pre- like. Oh <laughs> yeah, like, it's one of You those, have like, mice. You got to get a cat. Yeah, and then you got to. Yeah, get- <laughs> yeah, it's the um, old mother Hubbard. Is that the is that what uh, the story is? Where she she eats a eats a cat to kill the mouse, and then she has to keep eating stuff. Old mother Hubbard does. Isn't that the story? She eats a cat. I, I, mean, I thought she was a- just like the teller of nursery rhyme. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> She and she lived in a cupboard or something. She ha- is that what it is? It rhymes. Mm, most of them do rhyme. <laughs> we don't know jack shit this episode. That's what I'm learning. You're gonna edit around that. Oh man. Okay. There's no editing around stupid. I gotta tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Bad news, Kim. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> okay, so the blob is like kind of a perfect organism. I think that's why I keep coming back around to the alien from, from 1979, like the whole idea of it being the perfect specimen. And it's unstoppable. It's unkillable. Yeah, it's, but that's just what AI thought. It's pretty fucking <laughs> rad, though, you know? Like, I, I really like the that. I like the blob in general. Like, the movie is a little a little kooky and kitschy and silly, but, like, I love the blob as a monster. And it is a nice little subversion that it's not necessarily a meteorite. It isn't just this alien thing that came to land because you are kind of just glossing over the fact that, like, carbon-based life forms and oxygen and temperature and all those things that would make it really hard for an alien to actually just, you know, survive in its native state mm-hmm. on Earth. But the fact that it's this man-made thing that kind of evolved and cartwheeled its way into a giant gelatinous town-eating substance yeah. is just wonderful. I'm also surprised they didn't end the movie with shooting it into space. Because like, before you discover that it's a man-made thing, you're like, oh, wow, of course, it was just like floating out in space, frozen, and then as it came back down to Earth, Ooh. it defrosted, it became goo again, and now it's ready to rock and roll. That's true. It would have been frozen, and it was like, yo, Earth, warm. There's got to be, there had to have been a pitch where they're just like, well, if we throw it into space, then it'll be frozen and we'll be safe from it because it's not, you know, around us. And then you can end on a stinger of it either, you know, uh, reaching another planet and killing new life forms hitting the space station. Hitting the space station that doesn't exist yet would have been great. Oh, Uh, (laughs) when did the space station start? Not 1988. I don't, I don't really, you know what? I don't know when they started building it. Isn't it retired though? Like, because it's old? Hey, Google, when did we build the International Space Station? We in particular. According to 
on the website space.com. Oh, there are competing Googles in the room. Okay, everyone stop talking. Hey, Google, stop talking. <laughs> like the Canada arm. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Anyway, so it's uh, late, late 90s, early 2000s. But, you know, like asteroids, how they always come back, they've got an orbit as big as it is, they do return. Uh, like, the, you can end on the doom that the blob will be back. Ooh. You know, because even if you launch it away, it's still going to make its way back to Earth at Just some like point. Just like Jason X will. <laughs> yes. The blob could have found Earth, too. That would have been a fun little ending. Could have found new teens to eat in the woods. Do you ever wonder, though, if, um, if like, human beings aren't the dominant life form? And really, like, in the same way that, like, we plant plants that eat nutrients from the earth, that the bacteria are really what rule society, and we're just food for the bacteria, and we don't even know it. Well, if you... Uh, <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> I if, don't know where that came if from. If you but... spend even five minutes on the Toxoplasmosis Wikipedia page, you will agree with that theory. Oh, you think Toxoplasmosis is the dominant life form of earth? I think it's the winner. At least the winner we know about. So, Kim, how are you going to rate the blob. Uh, I just want to do a quick shout out okay. to the guy that was folded in half backwards. Oh, man. Uh, that's one of my favorite special effects. I will never get sick of that. You could put that in every single fucking monster movie and I would still applaud. So the guy who gets folded in half through a bookcase uh, is like a really shitty cop in the movie. He's also the guy who gets like fucking melted and then hit by a truck in RoboCop. Remember that guy? No. Wow. Okay. That's fine. But he did have a mustache. Well, here's another deep pull. The guy who plays the Reverend is uh, is an actor named Del Close, who is also a acting teacher who didn't invent but kind of perfected Kim's least favorite form of comedy improv. <laughs> Del Close is essentially the man responsible for American improv as it exists today. You know, I'm okay with improv if you do 300 hours of it and you edit it into a one hour special. Oh yeah, Super Ego, improvised and edited live on location. Yeah, Super Ego is like the best example of improv. <laughs> Just cut it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Get rid of get rid of all the stuff where you were trying to figure out what to say, much like editing Nightmare on Film Street. Oh yeah, surely this. I hope you do that through. with this episode. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, believe it or not, this was a seventeen-hour recording session. So what you're hearing is the cream of the crop. Don't say that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go ahead and give the 1988 Blob a three out of four. I'm also gonna give it a three out of four. I had a lot of fun with it. The special effects are indeed fantastic. Yeah, special effects are a four out of four, an A plus, one hundred percent. And honestly, I really liked Kevin Dillon. I thought he was cool. He rode his motorcycle in the sewer, and he did, like, some Sonic the Hedgehog shit. Kevin Dillon's all right. He's, like, Is he my new favorite Dillon? Maybe. Yeah, Blob did not disappoint. Really dug it. Let us know what you thought of 1988's The Blob, directed by Chuck Russell, who also did Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, uh, The Mask. He directed something you love. I don't remember what it was. Uh, <laughs> let's let's take a look. Let's figure I it like out. I like The Mask. The Mask is a good movie. No, he also directed The Scorpion King. Okay. That's what he directed. Now, like is a strong word. In, in yeah, I like it. <laughs> Kim, more than the, liking the Scorpion King, likes when the Scorpion King shows up in The Mummy Returns. It's her favorite bad CGI moment of all time, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's really into bad One of my faces. favorite bad yeah. CGIs. Oh, it's my first awful. bad favorite CGI is in The Haunting with the cherub babies when they come to life. And they're like, Eleanor. <laughs> 
that's my number one. It's <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, let us know about all your favorite worst CGI moments in or the early 2000s horror history. Because it goes, it has to do with this episode entirely. On Twitter at NOFS Podcast. No, we're just always down to talk about it. On Twitter at NOFS Podcast. And the Nightmare on Film Street Discord at NOFSpodcast.com slash Discord. It's the best place to, to hang out with your fellow fiends and chat about goofy horror movies like The Blob and The Haunting. If you want to support Nightmare on Film Street and get some bonus content, we have tons of extra episodes for you. Head over to The Fiend Club on Patreon at nofspodcast.com slash fiendclub or patreon.com slash nightmareonfilmstreet. Like I said, you can get a ton of stuff for supporting us with a small monthly donation, and it really helps the show. If monthly subscriptions aren't your thing, you can support the show with a one-time donation by buying a t-shirt at store.nofspodcast.com. We sell more than just Nightmare on Film Street merch. We got a shit ton of horror merch over in the store for you to wave your little fiend flag, let everybody know that you're obsessed with creepy movies where people get melted and stuff. And you can support the show for free by recommending it to a friend, giving us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you're listening. Uh, It really helps us grow the show. That's it for us this week, but until next time, I'm John. I'm Kim. Stay Stay creepy. It appears you made it out alive, but we'll get you next time. Help us to grow the horde. Leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. More terror can be found lurking on our website, nofspodcast.com. Until next time, stay creepy, fiends. 